chapter 11 this morning. Be turning in your Bible to Romans chapter number 11. And we look forward to what God has for us uh, this morning in the message and then again this evening. And uh, I am uh, going to uh, preach today on uh, some some current events that are taking place. I sent out an email last night and certainly we're aware that just over a week ago, uh, the attacks on the uh, nation of Israel and uh, certainly... Uh, there's significance to that just because of the loss of life and uh, what it means to the people there, but there is significance to that as Christians. And so uh, this morning, we're going to look into the Word of God, and, uh, and I'm going to give some comments on that and uh, see what the Bible says uh, our position on that should be. And then tonight, I want you to be in the service tonight. Don't miss the service tonight. Uh, tonight, I am going to uh, use the message to talk about America's place in all of this. And I'm going to say some very pointed things this evening that will be unpopular amongst a lot of people. Say, not us, pastors, we'll see. And uh, so, uh, but certainly, uh, this has been heavy on me for a week. The Lord has just uh, put this in my heart, and I feel the weight of the significance. The world's never going to be the same after what's taken place. And, uh, it, and the, there's a reason because of the atrocity that's taken place, but because of what it means as far as Scripture is concerned. And uh, I'm going to touch on that some this morning, and then tonight, America's place, and then I, what I believe our church's place. And so I think I'm even going to give some information about all of our projects tonight in the message. So I want you to be here tonight that, to hear that. Uh, but I want you to look this morning at the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 11. And I'm hoping today that uh, the message will uh, put some uh, focus on some things that need to be focused. And quite frankly, in our world, and, I'll, and I don't want to get ahead of what I'm going to say tonight, uh, we need a, a shift in our mindset. We need a shift in our mindset as Americans. We need a shift in our mindset as Christians. Uh, reprioritize our priorities. And I'm hoping this morning begins that. There's no way I could put what I'm going to say tonight with what I want to say this morning into one message. And so, unless y'all have got no place to go this afternoon, uh, but uh, do be back tonight. Romans chapter number 11, beginning with verse number 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be, <clears throat> be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel <clears throat> until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins." As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed, but that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Obviously, Paul is not writing to the Jewish person. He's writing to the Gentile. Uh, he is writing to those Gentiles who had been saved uh, by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, uh, the only title that I could come up with is just responding to the attacks on Israel. 
And uh, this is how I believe that we ought to respond to this. And I'm going to look and get some scriptural insight into things that we should be focused on this morning. Father, help us today as we uh, consider these things uh, that are taking place in our world. Uh, really, if we know the Bible, they should not be a surprise to us. Uh, we should be prepared uh, in the days ahead as we move forward. And Father, I pray that you would let your word do a work in our hearts this morning. And Father, we're going to point out and touch on and, and reflect on the fact that Jesus is coming again. And we as your church, we need to be prepared for that. If there's a lost person today under the sound of my voice, may they realize that they, they better prepare themselves. And Father, I pray that your church would respond the way it should respond. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, by now, I am sure that everyone uh, is aware of those barbaric attacks on Israel. And what a reminder that those without Christ, how low man can go. The demonic, satanic influence that is on man when they reject the word of God, they reject Christ. And by the way, if you're rejecting the Son of God and you choose to, and if you're serving Allah or anybody else, you're serving Satan himself. There's not multiple gods. There's one. And you're either going to serve God, or you're going to follow him, or you're going to serve Satan, and you're going to follow him. Um, it's amazing that we're afraid to say that today, but it is the truth. As I thought of this, and we understand there's the butchering of babies, of women, families, it reveals the reality of satanic evil. Uh, as I became aware of these things when it took place, I was actually out of town, and a pastor friend texted me, and, and so I uh, began to follow, and certainly over the last, uh, just over a week, we've been uh, seeing so much that's taken place. Uh, hearing these things, I reflected on history, the history of man, uh, the history of Israel. Uh, in recent history, over the last hundred years, the things that have taken place, and uh, good and bad, certainly as you read the Old Testament, and you understand the history of Israel, God's people. And may I remind us, and I'll say so much more about this tonight, America is not the center of the world. As far as God is concerned, Israel's the center of the world. Now, God loves America. God's blessed America. Uh, but God uh, has made a covenant with the people of Israel. I reflected on history. I reflected on my love of Israel. And uh, some of you have been to Israel with me, and I don't know what it is, but as a, from, a, from a child, I never wanted to go anywhere outside the United States. So America's good enough for me. I, I don't ever want to travel. Uh, well, the Lord heard that, and this is a reminder, don't tell God what you want to do and not want to do, because I've traveled a lot since then. But I always wanted to go to Israel, and I thank the Lord that I've been able to go. And uh, the love of Israel, I thought of the faces and the people that uh, we've met while visiting Israel, and uh, some of you have asked me, I've, I've, <clears throat> I've had some correspondence with our tour guide, Mark, who uh, many of you got to know, and uh, we witnessed to so many times while we were there, and uh, how uh, getting, uh, he's safe, to some of you that asked, but just the burden and the reality of what's taking place in that part of the world. Thinking about uh, these things that are taking place, if we're not careful, uh, it'll be a simple, uh, well, I, that's, that's a horrible thing. Uh, and then we'll move on. 
But from a child of God, I want us to see things a little bit differently. I want us to see things the way, the best we can, how God sees them. And, you know, just to, you see these, these barbaric things that take place. And just to, to, to I don't want to, again, I don't want to get ahead of what I'm going to say tonight, but just to draw some comparisons, you see in our own country, of the anti-Israel stance. You know what the difference in the liberal agenda and the pro-abortion you know what the difference is in them and these barbaric attacks? It's just the locate of the butchered baby. You know, the agenda in our country, they, they are okay butchering the babies as long as they're in the womb. But yet we'll condemn uh, terrorists as barbaric because they'll butcher babies outside the womb. But as far as God's concerned, there's no difference. But as far as morality is concerned, there's no difference. Say, Pastor, did you just call... Pro-abortion, legislators, barbaric? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you just call those professors of higher learning in our, on our universities barbaric? Absolutely. As far as this is concerned, there's no difference than Hamas or anybody else who butchers babies. It's the same thing. But as we look on what God says, I want us to look very carefully at our text this morning. I want us to look again as we, how should we respond? We've got to understand that, as I already said, the world is changed from these events that took place because there are some prophecies that have been fulfilled, and I believe that this is going to continue for other prophecies to be fulfilled, which leads us to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, which leads us to the rapture of the church. I don't understand why we as, as God's church today, as Christians, we're afraid to talk about the rapture. It's like the average Christian is like, well, we're talking about the rapture. We're scared of that. Why are we scared of the rapture? I'm looking forward to the rapture. I, I, I'm excited about the rapture. I'm looking forward to the Lord calling us home. The only reason you shouldn't be ready for the, be excited about the rapture is you're not ready for the rapture. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I want us to see just four statements this morning. And I'll do the best to articulate these as best as possible. But I trust that the Lord will do a work in our hearts this morning. How should we respond? We should, number one, understand the period of time we are in. I want you to look again at verse number 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. I'll probably say more about this tonight. But be careful watching the news, and then you trying to figure out what's going on. That's wise in our own conceits. We ought to go to the Scripture. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery. What is the mystery? Uh, it, is the, uh, it, is, it, is, it is the rapture that is going to take place. But notice what it continues to say, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. Until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Let's understand the period of time we're in. First, first of all, we point out the blindness of Israel. It is tragic. It is heartbreaking. As you, as some of you who've been there with me can relate. To walk down the streets. To stand on the Mount of Olives. To... Stand on the shore of the Sea of Galilee to actually pray in the Garden of Gethsemane 
with all the evidence that Jesus came to this earth. That Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. That Jesus died and rose again. All of the evidence there, and the Jew walks those same streets, and yet they can't see it. They're blinded by it. Boy, as we pray, and I'll say more about this at the end, we ought to be praying for the, the peace of Jerusalem, but praying for the salvation of Israel. It's important for us to recognize the blindness of Israel because it does something for us. Paul is reminding, notice what it says, blindness in part has happened to Israel unto the fullness of the Gentiles become in. It was because of the blindness of Israel that God showed favor to the Gentile. What is that favor? The fact that the gospel would come to the Gentile. The fact that God would extend that grace and that mercy to every man. Well, you and I, I ought to be thankful for the salvation that it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be thankful that that salvation is for every man. Uh, while Jesus was born a Jew, he is certainly the Savior of all mankind. There's the favor of the Gentiles. Notice until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. God extended that grace and mercy to all men. And as a Gentile, that one who's not a Jew, not only so that we might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but so the Gentile could spread the gospel to the world. This is something that God in His, in His mercy extended to us has depended on and used the Gentile not just to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we praise the Lord for that, but the responsibility to, to use the Gentile to get the gospel to the entire world. That is the period of time we are in, that there is a blindness when it comes to the nation of Israel, to who Jesus is, and the fact that they're still praying for their Messiah to come when He's already come. He's already come. He's already paid the sin debt. And for them to be blind to that is tragic, but we must also understand the period of time we are in is a favor of the Gentiles where God has extended the same grace and mercy, but is also counting on us the fullness of the Gentiles to spread the gospel. That's why as His church, and by the way, the church has not replaced God's promises with the people of Israel. But as His church, we have a responsibility to preach the gospel to the world, to get the gospel to the world. That is our responsibility as the Gentile. That's what God's using us for. That's the period of time we're in. The second thing I want to say this morning, remind us of, as I've already alluded to in this same verse, is we must realize the rapture is imminent. Friend, if you're saved, you are not going through the tribulation. The Bible does not teach that. If you are saved, the rapture is going to come to call His church out. We must realize the rapture is imminent. That's what he's speaking of in verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. What is the mystery? It is the rapture of God's church. 
say, Pastor, do you really believe that the rapture is, is a real thing, is going to take place? Jesus is going to appear in the, in the clouds and, and, the, and the trump is going to sound. Not only do I believe that, I believe the scripture teaches that our loved ones who have gone on are going to be there with him. And it is going to take place and it is going to occur. And in a moment, we're going to leave this world and be in his presence. The rapture is imminent. God doesn't want us to be ignorant of this mystery. And when is it going to take place? It could take place at any moment. But notice the entirety of this verse. I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, let ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. We've already mentioned that the Gentiles have had the part in getting the gospel to the world. Where the Jew, or they rebelled, God's people rebelled against him. He extended his grace and mercy to the Gentile and has used the Gentile to go into the world and preach the gospel. Notice that phrase, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So what does that mean? That means when the last person is saved... When the work, the purpose of the church is complete, the rapture is going to take place. Might I say today, the work is being done. That is why our emphasis, friend, cannot be on what's best for us. What's best for just our church? What's best for our family? It's not even supposed to be what's best for our nation. But what are we doing as God's church to get the gospel to the world? And when that last person is saved, I don't know who he is. I don't know where he is. But when God says the work is done, the rapture will take place and the church is gone. So when is that going to happen? It could happen any moment. It could happen today. Well, have all the prophecies been fulfilled? All that need to be fulfilled has been fulfilled. It is, it is in the heart of the Father. It is when that work is done, then... So, so, so where's the significance of this? I believe that this, these events that have taken place is turning eyes toward heaven. Is going to evaluate for, for the common man, am I prepared to meet my God? I believe that God uses things like this for, them to, for, for even His people to begin to call out to Him. The rapture is imminent. Can I say to you this morning, are you prepared? Are you ready? Is your soul prepared? You say, well, if the rapture takes place and I'm not saved, I can get that settled. No, no, friend. I'm going to show you just a moment. Your time will have come and gone. And just as Israel has been blinded, those Gentiles who have heard the gospel and rejected it will be blinded. The rapture is imminent. Are you ready? You know, we're supposed to be praying, Lord, would you come today? Would you come today? I think the current state of our country has got more Christians praying. Would you come today? That'll fix everything, wouldn't it? But the, realize, we must, what must we do is realize the rapture is imminent to be prepared. I move then to number three. 
As we look at verses 26 through 29 again, we need to be reminded of what takes place. We're reminded of God's promise to Israel. We have very clear promises throughout the Bible. You think of Genesis chapter number 12. God promises Abraham he's going to make him a great nation and he'll bless those that bless him and curse those that curse him. And throughout the scripture, we're admonished to, and even in the Old Testament prophets, the prophesy of those who will rise up against Israel and those who will come to the ally of Israel. We must be reminded of God's promise to Israel. Notice with me again in verse number 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. I believe the Bible teaches that when that time the fullness of the Gentiles is done, the church is raptured out. That not only is Israel going to rise up to prominence leading up to that point, but that Israel is going to turn to the Son of God. And there will be a revival, if you will. That the hearts of those people will look to Jesus, and that's what the Bible says, and so all Israel shall be saved. They will, they will be saved from their calamities. They will be saved from the enemies that gather around them. They will be saved from those armies. They'll be saved from those nations that are yet to uh, rise up against them in the latter times, if you will. But more importantly than that, I believe that as the church is raptured out, in those times they will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're reminded of the promise. You say, why is that important? Well, one, we want anybody who can be saved to be saved. But it's important because God says so. Now, let's continue reading and to give more clarity to this. Verse 27, For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Now, you're going to have to use your mind this morning and think with me, what does it mean when they are the enemies for your sakes? You know, you and I, we must do what God commands us, no matter how we feel about it. Do we agree? So the idea is that, well, is Israel doing this or is Israel doing that? Well, God says, you, I'll bless those that bless them and curse those that curse them. Well, I know where we better stand. Because God is not mocked. God keeps his word. But one of the conflicts, if you will, and if you'll allow me to use personal illustration to illustrate this, while I love going to Israel, I don't like going to Israel. Because it bothers me to see an ideology in a people who deny my Savior. It bothers me when we're there to rejoice in our in a risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and they shake their head. And they don't understand. You try and talk to them about Christ, and, and we're still waiting on our Messiah. Boy, I don't know about you, but when somebody denies the Lord Jesus Christ, there's something that's, that, that, that just, just starts stirring inside of me. Because He is the Son of God. He is the Savior of man. He's my Savior. 
It's his blood that was shed for me. And so the people we're supposed to love, the people that are promised to God, who God has a covenant with, Paul reminds the Gentile, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Boy, didn't the Jew, the Jewish people, didn't they give Paul a difficult time? Didn't they give the disciples, the apostles, a difficult time? They crucified Christ. But we're reminded of God's promise. They oppose the gospel now. But God has not forsaken them nor changed his mind. We see and we continue reading, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, when you got saved, how many of you are saved on your way to heaven this morning? Stay with me this morning. When you got saved, did God make you a promise? When you put your faith and trust in Christ, you repented of your unbelief and put your faith in Christ, God made you a promise that he would cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He made you a promise that by grace you can be saved from your sins. He made you a promise of a home in heaven. By the way, after you did that, it's not God coming back and telling you, you, got, you, you, you you're not saved. It's the devil telling you that. And it's a trick of the devil to try and convince somebody that you can be saved any other way but by the Lord Jesus Christ. But they oppose the gospel now, but God has not forsaken them nor changed his mind. Aren't you glad when God promised you salvation, he's never changed his mind? Now, how many of you have been saved for at least 10 years? Let me see your hand. Okay. After you got saved, you started living a perfect life, didn't you? Never done anything wrong? Never said anything you shouldn't have said? Never went someplace you knew you shouldn't have gone, never done. I mean, you say, Pastor, that was just on the way to church. I mean, I mean, much less than 10 years. Aren't you glad that when you failed God and your humanity, he didn't change his mind? For the gifts and calling of God is without repentance. He's not changing his mind. And no matter how far away... His people, the promises that He has made them. He's not going to break His word to them. He's not going to forsake them. Now, they have, there's, there are, there is, they are, and all through history, He has used others to chastise His people because of the rejection of God. And friend, that's a good pattern, something for you and I to be reminded of, that God, if we, there are consequences for us rejecting Him. There are consequences in the United States of America of us saying, well, we, we say it in God we trust when it's, when it's convenient for us, but we don't live that way, we don't legislate that way, we don't act that way. There are consequences, friend, in your own life. There's consequences to rejecting God. That does not mean God has changed His mind. That does not mean God has turned his back. They oppose the gospel now, but God has not forsaken them nor changed his mind. Brings me to number four, and this is the last observation I'll make. How should we respond? We should should consider 
with humility. I'm really going to plow through this tonight. America's in trouble. And I'll just give you this little statement that I'm sure you've all heard before. You can read that Bible. And the events that are going to take place, America's not there. We have become so full of ourselves. There's a lot of things that I could say that's taking place in our country, but the one that sums it up completely to me is pride. Well, I've made the statement, and I'm really going to say it tonight. There are too many Americans that let their patriotism get in the way of their Christianity. And I'm not, I'm not anti-America. But I, I'm saying that we act like the gospel was invented with us. We act like Christianity began in 1776. We act like we're the center of the world. And friend, I love America. I'm thankful for America. I don't want to live anywhere else in this world but the United States of America. I pray for America. But we need to be honest in the evaluation that we should consider and we should approach the events that are taking place in our world with humility. Notice verse 30 and 31. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. As a Gentile, we haven't always believed God. And God extended mercy to us because of their unbelief. Even so, have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that ye might have mercy upon all. But friend, we ought to approach the events that are taking place in this world. We ought to approach not just these attacks on Israel with humility, but everything that's taking place in this world with humility. As a child of God should see them as one who's received the mercy of God, as one who has received God's grace. We ought to approach it with humility. We shouldn't have the mindset, well, that's just too bad. I'm glad it's not. What else can we? i got to get to the next ball game. Well, we ought to be on our faces before God and saying, thank you for your mercy to us. Thank you for your blessings to us. And thank you for how good you've been to us. And may we, as your church, as those Gentiles who you've extended grace and mercy, may we do our part in getting the gospel to the world. May we be praying for not just the restoration of a nation, but for the salvation of a nation. May they look to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it ought to grieve our soul that people are not just perishing, but they're perishing without the Lord Jesus Christ. We should consider with humility. As the Gentiles, we found mercy. We ought to be praying for their salvation. You say, Pastor, where do you 
hope that Israel does. I hope they do whatever they need to do to protect their nation. Whatever they need to do. What should we do? Pray for their salvation. Pray for their salvation. Be prepared for the rapture. We don't understand the period of time we're in. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming for his church. He's coming for his people. Those that rise up against his people, they are going to realize that God keeps his promise. This morning, I want to conclude the service with just four quick calls to action, if you will. And this morning's message, I would not call it my homiletic best. But I want us to, we'll call this the introduction for the night's message. We need to prepare for the rapture. We need to prepare for Christ's return. Are you saved this morning? Are you depending on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, for your forgiveness? That's the greatest way you and I should be prepared. You'll say, well, you know, I, I, I pray to the Pope. Well, when the rapture takes place, he's not getting raptured. Well, my faith is in this or, or that. Friend, your faith better be in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be prepared for the rapture when it comes to our salvation. Do you know you're saved? If you know you're saved, how's your fellowship with God? How's your service with God? How's your surrender with God? It is time for God's people to be honest with themselves, honest with the Spirit of God this morning. And if the rapture is imminent, which it certainly is, in these events that are unfolding before us, point to the very fact that it is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And are you prepared as a child of God? If the rapture were to take place today, what is it that you would have regret about? Well, I wish I would have surrendered everything. I wish I would have got all the way in serving God. I wish I would have had a part in fulfilling the purpose of the Gentiles and getting the gospel to the world. I wish I would have partaken in that. Are you ready for the rapture? How long are you going to put off making that decision? How long are you going to put off making that commitment? How long are you going to put off getting all the way in on the program of the church? Because it is through his church that the gospel is preached. Conclusion, secondly, we need to be praying for the protection of Israel. We live in the day of social media taglines and sound bites. Don't you hate that when you're in the media? Well, you're just looking for a sound bite. Well, there's a lot of Christians that are good at sound bites. We talk about what's going on in this world. We talk about things that need to change, but yet we're not praying for it. We're not praying for God to do a work. We'll pray for the protection of Israel. We'll pray for the salvation of Israel. Well, I've shared some of my burden and, and certainly the fact that I was try, we were trying to go back to Israel a couple of times. 
in the near future. I was talking to my dad this week. If he behaves, I do that from time to time. So it had been a while since I'd spoken to him. So how it's certainly different when you walk down the streets and you see the average Israeli. They're kind-hearted, beautiful people. You see, you look into their eyes, you see the things they deal with. Well, there's certain places over there where you, they're surrounded certainly by people who hate them. Well, and your heart can't help but go out to them. That would you just turn to Jesus? Your Messiah has come. And He's coming again. And when He comes to Jerusalem the next time, it's not going to be like He came the first time. The book of Revelation talks about Him coming as the Lion from the tribe of Judah. We should pray for the salvation of Israel. I'm praying for our tour guide that he might get saved. I'm praying for his family. There's enough of the gospel that they're aware of that I believe host of people who live in Israel could turn to the Savior today and be saved. We should pray for the salvation of Israel. And then finally, we should pray for the salvation of souls. I am not a Jew. That's an obvious statement this morning. I'm a Gentile. By the grace of God, we can celebrate salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, well, it's all about what they do. It's all about them getting right. It's all about as far as their relationship with God as His chosen people. That is exactly right. But as a Gentile, I have a responsibility to do what God has given me as a Gentile to do. And through His church, it is our responsibility to get the gospel to the world. It's not time for us to play. It's time for us to be busy doing what it is that God is depending on us to do. When the fullness of the Gentiles, when the work is done. Say, Pastor, when is the work of Emmanuel Church going to be done? When Jesus calls us home. So what are we going to do when we double? We're going to double again. And then we do that, we're going to double again. Say, when are we ever going to rest? Well, I imagine when that trumpet sounds, we'll have eternity to rest. So, well, Pastor, I just don't know if I signed up for that. Friend, it was thrust upon us, the responsibility God gave us, as in relation to getting the gospel to the world, not just our relationship with His people, which is important, but to fulfill the responsibility that we have. Friend, the church needs to be more active than it ever has been. And I certainly know the Lord has been doing a work in my heart. I know the Lord is preparing this church 
to make a great impact in eternity. Friend, may we answer these calls this morning. Are you prepared the rapture to take place? Would you be sitting in an empty building? If the rapture took place, who would you leave behind? But you know you should be praying for their salvation. You know that you should be a witness to their lost soul. Prayers unprayed. Task undone. I'm not talking about getting the dirty dishes out of your sink. I'm talking about the eternal difference. Will you die with rapture takes place? Will you be left with God's money? Will you leave behind God's strength that you didn't use? Say, Pastor, you're really putting it on us. Well, if this is bothering you, don't come back tonight. Because the world is never going to be the same. Jesus is coming back. Let's do all that we can, all that's required of us until his return. Father, I pray that you'd use this message.